Yeah, it is the Supercoach Professionals podcast for another week. Um, it's getting towards that time. We're starting to talk origin. We're going to have to start talking buys as well, so we will be doing that later on in the show. And I'm joined by Peter Hanscom this week. How are you, mate? Oh, very good. Thanks, Paul. How are you? Oh, probably not as good as you, seeing your team <laughs> got up on the weekend and my team didn't, but, you know... There's still lots of hope for this season. Uh, <laughs> <regardless>. <laughs> of course, I am Paulie G. Paul Grzadka with you as always uh, to go through the hits, the misses, the highs, the lows, all the rest of it. Got a lot of um, tweets and Facebook messages to read out a bit later too. So it's going to be a big show. We may as well get straight into it with the injuries. I'll tell you what, a heap of injuries to get through too for Pat Lyons for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Um, we'll start with uh, Isaac Luke. Now, he had suspected damage to his cartilage. This could be up to six weeks on the sideline. Um, Stephen Kearney uh, wasn't too sure, but the update out of the club from yesterday was saying up to four weeks. He, he has been named um, in in the um, starting lineup. But it must also be mentioned, Carl Lawton named on the bench and Sam Cook in the 21. Pat's saying, guessing four to six weeks if he's done a bit of cartilage in the knee. So unless there's a, a change in in the diagnosis, we're thinking he's going to be out for a while. We saw last week the Warriors naming Solomon Okada, even though at the same time they said he's not going to play. So probably a similar um, situation there. They've got plenty of cover in their 21 Um for him, although no Jazz Tavunga, a little bit surprising that one, um, which we'll get to later. I mean, um, read out the team list. Richard Kenner, uh, he'll have he's had scans on an injured ankle. The initial fears were he'd miss the uh, rest of the season, but today's update says he's been cleared of a long-term injury. Um, so basically, from from Pat, he's saying, look, if it was almost season ending, but now isn't, it should still be a few weeks. So, you know, from what little we've 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 got um, about that information, is basically saying, yeah, he'll be out for a bit. And of course, he wasn't named this week. Uh, it's going to be tough to know, Pete, though, whether you you hold him or not through this this week. I guess he may have peaked in cost anyway. So maybe either way, it's a good time to to look elsewhere. Absolutely, I think that um, you know, unless some of these players. Um you know, perform what Cameron Smith did last year and we thought he's going to be out for four weeks or something and he's back a week later. It's uh, it's pretty unusual and Pat's usually right on the right on the money with his injury assessments. So, yeah, as you say, it might might be a good time to, to let him go and consider some other options. Jack Koshevsky suffered a broken hand, one of the many manly players to go down. Um, they're saying the scan's confirming that it is broken and set to miss, miss the next four weeks, which Pat's saying, yep, that will be accurate. So another guy, if you had have uh, brought him in to make a bit of cash, you, pro- you probably could hold him because he's cheap enough that he's not going to be chewing up uh, a lot of cash on your bench. Um, and the way the Manly injury toll has been, you know he's going to get another shot at it when he comes back. So you could, but obviously you're going to be one down out of your 25 for the next four weeks, um, which leads you right into origin. So maybe you get away with it if Koshevsky's back for round 13, Manly playing in round 13. Of course, John O'Wright also out um, from, from Manly with a broken thumb, sideline till round 13, and Lachlan Croker out for the season. Uh, Pete, that was pretty sickening, the rupturing of the ACL in the game against Newcastle on Friday. It looked terrible, and this kid, he's only about 22 or something. I think he's, um, he's Jared Croker's cousin, I think, Canberra. They all come from Crookwell area, and yeah, that's about the third time he's done his, his ACL in a very young career, which is just yeah, tragically bad luck for him. And I noticed that Manly having an investigation into the surface of football because of the number of injuries that they've had. So mm. interesting to see what that turns up as well. But yeah, you wish him all the best and hope he comes back bigger and bigger and better next year. Yeah, another guy that we've just heard um, 
about having being out for the season is Dylan Edwards. Um, so basically dislocating his shoulder. Uh, Pat was saying, look, he's going to be out for an extended period up uh, at least eight weeks, but that's without surgery. But now we're hearing the surgery and will be out for the season. Josh McGuire had uh, scans on his injured ankle and um, basically he's got a torn anterior ligament, but no damage to the Achilles tendon that he previously had ruptured. So there's some good news and some bad news there. Um, basically... Um, he won't require any surgery. He'll just undergo normal rehabilitation. Um, they're saying maximum of six weeks uh, with the hope of an even earlier return, although Pat's saying six to eight weeks would be his guess there, although we're seeing Andrew McCulloch, which we'll talk about in a bit, named this week, making remarkable uh, recovery from injury. So maybe Maguire, there's something in the water there in Brisbane, I don't know. So maybe it could happen sooner, but Pat's saying six to eight. Josh Dugan, the injuries just continue uh, from this round. Josh Dugan um, limped off uh, late in the game, and I guess we've seen Dugan go down in the past and think, oh, he'll be right, but apparently a broken foot uh, this time. So he's out for four to six weeks, which is going to be... Uh, take him right up to Origin 2 um, or Origin as well I should say and maybe <laughs> won't be named <laughs> not the second Origin game it will be the first one um, so basically um, they're saying four to six weeks Pat's saying that's correct Tim Glasby um, another one um, broken thumb for him so four to six weeks after going undergoing surgery um, Pat's saying he thinks more like six to eight, but we do see these guys come back with splits and whatnot, so maybe he can get back a little bit earlier. And finally, um, Tony Williams, his NRL career could be over, not just the season over, with another ACL rupture, um, second time um, in 12 months he's suffered it. So another another sort of sad, sad news there. Should also mention a couple of other little ones, Scott Sorensen, has a concussion, but he's going through the protocol. Uh, should be right for this round, named on the bench this week. And Nathan Brown, um, look, hard to know. We didn't get a lot of information about this, but last, uh, late last week, um, it's been updated from... Originally it was round 8, then round 9, now saying round 12. So Pat's saying probably redid it, um, and therefore starting the rehab process again. Um, going to be very hard to hold him now. Usually the second time round, you've got to wait the entire period there's no coming back early a second time because you know the risk is just way too great so Nathan Brown we might talk about him I know someone has tweeted out about Nathan Brown so we might save it for the tweets but uh, that's a pretty bitter blow there those injuries are for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care Pat earning his keep today um, that was a great <laughs> that was great to go through all of those and of course you can go visit Pat if you live in the Sydney area particularly Sydney City or Eastern Suburbs um, go, go via our website because you can get 20% off your first visit to him uh, www.supercoachpros.com follow the links there and yeah, go visit him he you know, does a great job for the show does a great job you know, in his profession and uh, yeah, great for all of us to get that extra information let's move on to the best for round 8 and Josh Adokar leading the way what about that individual try uh, he's got a lot of pundits talking about talking him up for origin after that. 109 super coach points, the only one to hit the three figures this week. Manu Ma'u, I thought, Pete, you you and I both went to that game. He was simply outstanding, and it showed from a super coach perspective, 97 points. Um, he does it in all aspects, um, hitting the ball up defensively, but running those lines and being able to, to get over the try line as well. Absolutely. I thought he had a, a great all-round game the other day. He is solid defensively. He's not one of those blokes who usually makes 50 tackles or something, but each one, each tackle he makes hurts. And uh, as you said, running some good lines and, you know, the halves starting to hit a little bit of form the last couple of weeks, he's been able to, as you say, run some good lines there. And now he was involved in a couple of big moves there on the Tigers uh, in the second half. Martin Tapao also 97. It certainly wasn't through him that the Manly lost that game to the Knights. He tried. He's done this. Um, Corey Oates, 96. Another big game. We've been talking up on the recaps. If You've got to have the app, not just for the predictor and the dominator, not just for this podcast, but those um, articles that we're putting up there, you'll read about how much we've been talking up Corey Oates. Another big game. For him, obviously, he's reached sort of a, a peak money-wise now, but still centre and winger, such a tough position to choose from. 
and so a guy like Oates, he's putting up some big scores there. Christian Welsh, I think he's going to be a definite trading target this week after getting 96. Obviously, Tim Glasby out, as we talked about, in the injury report. So that opens the door for Christian Welsh. Um, huge score off the back of that. He can go up again. Isan Masters, another one, Pete, that we watched on Sunday. Uh, this guy, he's, just, he, he's another one that does it all. And all, kicking goals to boot, so yeah, get him in there. Yeah, he took the words out of my mouth. It is the, the goal kicking gives him that extra little points um, boost as well. And now he's um, the Tigers have got some good young players to build on, and he's had 12 months worth of first grade experience. Looks solid. Touch wood, he's injury free, and you know he's he'd be a good one for you to bring in certainly. Some other ones um, that went well. Billy Slater, 87 points. We see him chiming into the back line more, being more of a playmaker. Great kicking game that we haven't seen much of in recent years, but we're seeing it um, at the moment really paying dividends. Jai Arrow just going from strength to strength. They captain option each and every week on the back of these big games. Even playing through these injury, he reminds me of Sam Burgess a few years ago where he just kept going and going no matter what. Um, you could literally lock it and load it as captain each week the way he's going. Mitch Rain right up there as well. Matt Eisenhuth and John Sutton. He's turning back the clock, John Sutton. He's having a big year. Um, so maybe with the Rabbitohs playing in round 13, we'll get to that after the team changes. Um, but that's something to talk about with the buys. Um Matt Eisenhuth scoring that try as well, so that added to his day. Slade Griffin, um, I thought he had a really good game. That's interesting to see because he'd sort of flattened out, and um, but he, he bounced back strongly in, in that one on Friday night. The try helped, but a big game for him. Also 82, Nene McDonald, thanks to a couple of tries. Tyrone Peachy, his best game in a couple of years for Penrith. Um, he's really been going from strength to strength. Another one we talked up, I think, a bit on the show as well as on the um, previews, um, just because centre and wing are not a lot of options there, and Peachy's killing it. And Josh Papali hitting back um, after being dropped a few weeks ago. He's playing at a high level for the Raiders. Uh, all right, let's move on to the team changes now. And... Uh, Josh McGuire out, as we mentioned earlier, but Andrew McCulloch in. So we said about that amazing recovery. Look, he may not play still, let's see, but everyone's saying he's training in the position, looks fine. Todd Murphy has been named for a while there. Um, in the 21, we know Cody Nicarima can play there. He's on the interchange. Payne Haas remains in the interchange as well. We saw him uh, a late inclusion last week. He played well. I think he's a guy that Bennett's now going to blood for a while. Wayne Bennett, you know, the most experienced coach in the game. We know what he does with young talent. He waits till mid-season and he brings them in for a bit, gives them a few games, you know, unannounced usually the first game. Let's them play for a few weeks, then drops them back. By then, he'll make you some money potentially. So he's not out of the out of the realms uh, to to bring in even this week. Greg Eastwood's dropped for Canterbury. Clay Priest comes onto the interchange bench for him. We are hearing Michael Leisha might also get dropped for Matt Frawley with Jeremy Marshall King moving to hooker. But so far, Leisha's still been named at nine. Frawley in the twenty-one. But as a reserve, North Queensland sticking with their same lineup. Interesting to note, Javid Bowen rejoining the reserves. So, you know, Paul Kent said on NRL 360 tonight, he expects the changes will be made an hour before kickoff, and there will be changes. I'm not so sure. I don't really know where they go um, from there, unless it's um, a, a switch around which sees Morgan go to fullback and Martin into the halves. But um, at this uh, stage, maybe Green just sticks uh, with the 17. But if one guy could come in, it could be Bowen. Um, St George Illawarra giving Reese Robson a chance on the interchange ahead of Jacob Host so that's interesting to see if you're a Cameron McInnes owner I'd be a bit worried because Robson's a, a young dummy half so McInnes might make way now maybe coach Paul McGregor Pete's just thinking you know McInnes has played 80 minutes every single week he's getting tipped to maybe play Origin maybe he's just trying to manage his workload it's a very interesting one. Uh, sort of came up a little bit out of the blue because they had um, Selay as, as a number 17 a couple of weeks ago and then young Jacob Host came in and you know, did, didn't do big minutes against the Roosters, I don't think. And, but yeah, to have Robson come on and play like a big game against Melbourne, you know, as this young kid just say dummy half and coming on line up against one, none other than Cameron Smith, um, it's, an, it's an interesting move. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes and see what Interesting to see how many minutes, as you say, McInnes is playing. Maybe he's carrying a small injury. 
Mm. Yeah, well, maybe he's managing his workload. Maybe simply often that 17th man for St George doesn't even get on the field. So maybe he's just thinking he can watch Cameron Smith up close and personal. <laughs> be good, good experience for the young kid anyway, even from watching from the bench. Parramatta, Williams is out, obviously, as we said before, but Tepe Morrell returns at the right edge uh, there. Bo Scott being named as a, as a reserve once again with Kane Evans not named, uh, but probably still Bo Scott's not going to play. The Knights are 1-17, to 17, another change to their um, reserves with um, Brock Lamb out, Danny Levi back. So, again, maybe Levi comes in late and Slade Griffin cops a hit. Maybe not. Penrith, as we know, Dylan Edwards is out. So Dallin Wateni Zelezniak moves to fullback. Tyrone Phillips gets his um, opportunity on the wing, his first game in Penrith colours. Isaiah Yo had to fill in in the centres last week. He's going to remain there with Corey Harawira Naira moving back to his more familiar second row spot. And uh, obviously, Peter Wallace uh, back. So Sianni Katoa goes, uh, moves back to the bench, and Wade Egan to a reserve. Richard Kenner out, as we said before, for Souths. Campbell Graham is the man that comes in. Braden Burns, the new reserve. The Raiders are 1-21, as are the Roosters, despite losing on Anzac Day. Manly, well, we all know what's going on uh, in the Northern Beaches at the moment. It's been a bit tough for them. Lachlan Croker and Jack Koshevsky out. Moses Suley, that man that came over from, well, I guess the Tigers or via the Bulldogs. Um, he's going to get a shot with Dylan Walker moving to the halves. Jackson Hastings not in the halves, not at hooker, but has been named in the 21. I don't expect Hastings will play. Another man in the 21 is Tom Wright. He's more likely, um, but probably they're going to stick with Walker in the halves at this point. Sean Lane at right edge. This will be interesting to watch because we know what he can do in playing on the edge um, and playing potentially outside Daly Trevins, although... Um, most likely with Walker playing in the halves, Cherry Evans will move to the left because Walker's pretty much an exclusive right side player. Um, certainly we like it more when Lane running off DCE's passes. Um, he's done well with that over the last sort of 18 months. Uh, Frank Winterstein is the new interchange player. Cronulla, well, Josh Dugan out, as we mentioned before. Valentine Holmes goes to fullback. Sasaya Fecky returns on the left wing. Edric Lee will move to the right. Another... Um, change for Cronulla, an interesting one, and we'll talk about it a bit later in the show, but Wade Graham has been named at left, he'll go back to his usual left edge role, Kurt Capewell keeps his spot in the starting lineup, so he'll play on the right, and Scott Sorensen, who seems to be more at home on the left, goes to the interchange, so maybe that's the reasonings, maybe Sorensen can play on the right as well, I'm not sure, but at the moment, he's only really staying out on the left, and Kurt Capewell on the right, so... That's the way that Coach Flanagan seems to be playing it. Kurt Dillon has lost his spot in the 17. He's still named as a reserve. So if you're a Dillon owner, there's an outside chance that he gets a run off the bench. But he hasn't really um, done much because he's had only limited opportunities, even if he is now, ends up in the 17 somewhere. Melbourne, Tim Glasby's out. Dale Finucane returns. Good timing there. Lassie uh, Vunavalo's back. Curtis Scott has been named, but we expect Yong Tonamapi will play there. We, we think he will miss this week. Uh, the West Tigers have lost Jacob Little to injury, but do get a couple of back in Elijah Taylor and Alex Twall. Taylor starts. Twall comes on the bench and um, basically... Um, Swasa Sue also moving back to the bench. And Matt Micklerick has been named in the 21. So there is a chance that he could go there. Elijah Taylor can play hooker as well, because at the moment Peter Godinay obviously being named there, I don't think he'll play 80. Um, and and Mahe Fenua still named, so there's a cheapy watch. Certainly watching again this week, he played really well. I thought quite an eye-catching performance. He's first in West Tigers West Tigers colours on Sunday. Morgan Boyle out for Gold Coast. Ryan Simpkins in the only change. Should say Lailani Ladu added as a reserve just in case he gets named. And the Warriors, well, a few changes here because Sean Johnson's back as is Salomon Carter and Tohu Harris. And while Isaac Luke's been named, Carl Lawton's been put onto the bench, I guess, cover there. Papali moves back to the bench. James Gavai gets an opportunity as on the interchange. Anthony Gelling and Mason Lino and Albert Vetti will move to the reserves. And there's no Jazz Tavanga or Joseph Funa. So that's uh, all the changes. There's a bunch of them this week. And I guess um, when you're looking at strategies for this week, the app will be extra important. And so let's look at the best predicted for round nine. And we'll start with Sean Lane. 
Yeah, we're predicting him to get about 70 minutes. He may not get that many, but it is a good matchup against the Roosters. So 82, a big predicted score there. Cody Walker, he's been in good form, and we've seen halves do well pretty consistently against the Knights. Uh, so he's certainly right up there. Ville Kikau should bounce back from last week. Still got a reasonable score, but it could have been better. He, it looked like his confidence got knocked around, moving out to the centres for a brief period. Didn't help. Um, back to the left edge, running against um, some of those Cowboys outside backs uh, will suit him. Gareth Widdop, he's been a bit quieter of late, although it was still a pretty good score last week. He should get a good score against the Storm because we've seen left halves do very well against Melbourne, the one position that has performed well. Um, a good week to bring in Widdop. Uh, James Tedesco right up there. We've seen teams do, uh, fullbacks do really well against Manly. Mahe Fanua gets a big uptick after a good week last week and playing the Warriors coming up against David Fisitua defensively will help Fenua's opportunities there. Could be a good week to bring Fenua straight in. Uh, Jared Croker, um, haven't seen him do too much, but against the Titans, Pete, that could be a high-scoring affair. He could load up um, points, and he's also got an opportunity, I guess, Conrad Harrell not necessarily known for his smarts in defence, so Croker could get around him a couple of times. He could. Say that if you remember the first um, the first round of the season that uh, the Titans came back to beat Canberra 28-26, so it's quite a high-scoring game, and you know I've still got memories of uh, Harrell being an absolute turnstile against the Dragons in that game in that Warmer weeks ago. It was absolutely shocking. So he won't have his wits about him against Croker, and and yeah, BJ Taylor Lewin and the rest of the Raiders back line and beyond him like like crazy. And while Ryan and I weren't big fans of Ken Seo last week, and rightly so, if you have got him in there, know that you could play him with confidence this week because the Rabbitohs haven't done so well against left-wingers. So it could be a great opportunity for Seo to go large. Obviously, Calum Ponga there as well should have a good game. And then um, you're basically looking at guys like Fatala Mariner, Cohen Hess, Simon Mannering um, right up there as well. Obviously, Jai Arrow as usual, although he doesn't get a big uptick because the Raiders pack is pretty decent themselves. Uh, the highest price rises for round 10, Scott Sorensen, even coming off the bench. He's, he's got a down tick, but he still should get a base score, you know, around the, the mid four, mid to high 40s, um, depending. That, that's projected to 50 minutes. He may not get that many minutes, though, so beware, but still should get a nice price uptick for his first two good games. Um, obviously, if Matt Frawley gets on the park, he's due for a price rise. He had a big game before he got dropped, funnily enough, supercoach-wise. Um, so he's, he's in there as well, as is Anthony Gelling, although we don't, don't think he will play. Uh, Mitch Rain and Sean Lane, due to injuries, getting opportunities, and they're due to go up a lot in price, as is Josh Adokar. He's returning to what we expected him at the start of the year. Mitchell Moses, I know, Pete, I think we had a question about this about a month ago, and he has finally turned it around. His price projected to go up to 507. It was as low as the mid-300s, I think, at one point. So, you know, there's an opportunity there. Ken Seo, we just mentioned. Um, look, um, Corey Norman, another Paramount player and Ville kick out, just keeping going up. So that's interesting to know. Slate Griffin and George Jennings are other guys on this list. To go to the full list, you've got to go to the app www.supercoachpros.com and follow the links if you don't already have it. It's so important, it's all up there. Um, six different formats to, to have a look at, Supercoach wise, another four for Moneyball. You can search by price rise, price fall, two round price. Rise is always a good one as well if you're looking for trade-in targets to see how they go over the next couple of weeks. Uh, really important information that you've just got to get, basically, if you want to yeah, compete in your league. and It just gives you that upper hand, basically. And, um, yeah, Supercoach Pros app. Make sure, if you don't already, um, download it today. All right, let's talk buys. And, um, basically, round 13 is the round that... Uh, is the first buy round, I should say. And and the Cowboys, the Eels, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, the Seagulls, the Sharks and the Tigers are the eight teams playing. Now, I've just sort of gone through the top echelon of players because the predictor, obviously, um, on the app, you get that information. You can look forward to rounds, but you can't calculate every single round. There is a way um, through some of our information. If we type in manually, we can get um, greater 
predictions. So I've sort of been sitting here for the last about an hour, basically writing down some of these players um, who are predicted to do well over this period. I should say that unlike the app um, where the predictor's looking specifically at minutes played, this only looks at past past minutes played, not um, projected minutes, because we can't project minutes all the way through to round 25, obviously. So some players that are on the way up at the moment aren't really going to relate to this, while others who perhaps are going to get less minutes when it comes there might have an inflated view. But this is sort of basic, the, the best we can come up with using this great great product, the predictor product, for the whole season and specifically around the buys. Now, one thing, Pete, we will have to do and maybe we have to, you know, I don't know if we get both you and Ryan on the show one week or something, but we do have to do our Origin team soon because some of these guys that are on this list might end up playing Origin. We've tried to avoid the ones that we think will definitely go in, but Damien Cook, the first one, he's predicted to go um, 14.88 basically for the rest of the season so that's the highest amount out of the guys here that are playing in round 13. Round 13 itself 76.5 that's a nice score there but even um, after that scores projected in the 60s and then an 87 in round 16 before his buy comes in round 17. I guess the only question to ask Peter around Damien Cook is do you think he's going to play Origin therefore actually miss round 13? I think he's done an absolutely huge chance from what I've seen of him this year, and I've seen a lot of the South Sydney games. But I've seen one live one and, and about, th- about five of them on TV in full. I think, think that um, he's a massive chance. I, I get a feeling he won't start Hooker, but I think uh, someone like McInnes might get picked ahead of him, but he'll be on the bench because he does have a little bit of versatility, can play a little bit of halves as well. So I think he's a massive chance of being selected, which is... Unfortunate for super coach, but uh, <laughs> you have to try and consider, um, and it is a bit tricky. It yeah, is, I definitely. If you no, own him, you can yeah, just hold him until you, you can hold him until Origin time and see if he gets picked. But if you don't own him, it's a bit tricky. I mean, I know myself. I'm a Cameron Smith Sevilla Avili owner, and Avili's been going great. Um, hard to sort of justify swapping Smith for Crook. Well. Cook, maybe I should have done it at the start, but certainly when I've had other needs, um, hard to do sideways trades. I've needed my trades to try to basically cover injuries every week. Um, so it, it hasn't worked out for me to own Cook, and now at this point I'm thinking, oh, if he plays Origin, then I'm back where I started. So tough call, but if you own him, you know, the predictor's looking good. Ryan Madison is one that is safe. He's pretty much not going to play Origin. Round 13, he's due to score 61. Um, so not as high as some of his other projected scores in the 70s they are, are leading up to them, but you know, you're know you doing well with him anyway. You're happy with that. Caelan Ponga's going to be another one that's an outside chance as Origin, but I would assume he's more likely to play the games two or three, which means that he's safe um, to own right now. He's got some high projected scores coming up, including one in the 90s in round 11. Only the one lower one, 58 in round 12, and then 72 in round 13. So I think he's a guy that you're trying to manufacture a way to get him into your lineup pretty much from this week. Andrew Fafita is another one that should be getting very close to your lineups around 13, 64.4. He's the fourth highest projected overall from this list from Jason Tamalolo. Yet another guy, it's obvious to get him in. I'll throw one back at you, Pete. I know it's not likely, but what if James Tedesco doesn't get picked for origin and Tom Tabrovich has the fullback role? Because he's projected to go very well um, over the next number of weeks as well. Tricky one, because Tedesco has been good but not great. His, his, his numbers haven't been as good as, as they were when he was in Tiger Town 4, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, um, I think that I do think that he will get selected. I think that he, he played well in Origin last year, he's, um, and I think he'll definitely get selected for, for Origin this year. That's just my opinion. His form hasn't been great though, so he's no absolute certainty. So, but I honestly think he'll be selected. That's just my opinion, anyway. 
Katie Walker's next on the list. There is a gap between Tedesco and Walker, and well, Tedesco the upper, is in that upper tier that we all mentioned. Katie Walker then in a in a different tier. Isan Masters, Manu Ma'u. I think a lot of people might be sleeping on Ma'u. He's been playing really well for Parramatta, even when they haven't been going well. And now that they've turned it around. I think he's going to be a great guy to look to bring in. Angus Crichton, well, he's sort of back to what he was doing last year. Um, don't think he'll get selected for Origin. I think there's a few too many in front of him at the moment. Lachlan Fitzgibbon is uh, right up there playing very similar to Crichton. Martin Tapau, um, he's got a good matchup in round 13 as well, which helps him, as does Crichton. Uh, and then there's Luke Brooks, who... He's a bit up and down, so it's a bit risky. Um, but certainly between t- rounds 9 and round 16, he's projected to get at least 48 or higher. Later than round 17, there's some 28s in there. So he's going to play some tougher teams later. And we know Brooks has a big variance in his abilities. Uh, Corey Norman's been coming good for Parramatta. So he's also on this list, as is Matt Eisenhuth. Latrell Mitchell, if he doesn't get named, Corey Thompson, and another guy, perhaps surprisingly so, is Aiden Guerra um, for the Knights. He's actually been playing really well. I guess he's eligible for Queensland. He's probably playing well enough to get picked for them. I didn't think he played that badly um, last year to get dropped, um, maybe victim of circumstance. So maybe there's an outside chance that he's not going to be available, but certainly he's up there. And, Pete, one guy you wanted to talk about, of course, was Paul Gallen um, because he's not on this list um, just because he's out at the moment. But putting him through that um, the predictor, you can look at Gallen saying that he could do quite well as well round 13. I think only 44.5 based upon what he's done in previous rounds, but obviously that, that could change uh, if he gets back to full fitness. Yeah, he's been a discussion point a bit this year, Paul. He, um, yeah, as we said, he's... He wasn't playing the full 80 early on and then he gets injured, but you do definitely have to consider him as a quality player. Um, he'll be back from injury in a few weeks just in time for that for that game, actually. I'm sure Cronulla will appreciate that when they're missing a couple of Origin players. So, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to really consider him at that point in time. They didn't... Check out his price at the time as well, of course. Yeah. He, uh, the other two props that didn't make it on this list but aren't too far sort of other step down and may hit some form between now and then is Herman Sasa, who was really good last week, and Daniel Alvaro, who a couple of weeks ago had a big game. So there are a couple just to keep watching as well. Let's move on to our tweets now. And Travis asks, hey guys, thoughts on TPJ versus Sasa? Well, there you go. Good timing. Both uh, are both their upcoming runs looking good, and Sasa also goodbye cover. Well, we just said that, yes, he is. Also, Tamaria Martin and Watson, are they both sneaky buy covers for next, options for next week, considering their break-evens aren't uh, that low at the moment? And uh, he's got a second question, but we might start with that, I guess. Um, Tavita Pengai has been good, although a little bit up and down. He came back from that injury, I thought a bit slow, but he seems to be back to 100% now, Pete. But SASA, he's just a guy, flies a bit under the radar, but he's a good He's a good footballer, a good, honest footballer, and I just feel like even in the pre-season watching him play, so this guy looks the goods, and he just keeps seems to go from strength to strength, and he'll cover uh, round 13. That's it. Um, yeah, he's one of those players who definitely on that list that we were mentioning a minute ago. He um, he came, he started off at Canterbury and then went up to Brisbane, and then and, uh, he was one of the young guns at... Uh, that Nathan Brown has picked up to go to Newcastle and he's been playing really well. He's not going to get you the, the really explosive numbers. Like, he's no, he's nothing like a Tamalolo or something like that, you know, but he's um, he's solid and he's he's playing some, some decent minutes and, uh, no, he's definitely a, a worthwhile option. One, it's, again, one of these players that, that I mentioned before, he's not a name player, but it doesn't mean you, you've got to have a big name to get big uh, to, to do well at Supercoach. Yeah, and I'd be a little bit worried about the Martin Watson. I don't think I'm really going that direction. Um, I really want guys that are going to make uh, an impact over my my season, um, whether they're making me cash or they're um, contributing on the park. And I don't know if either Martin or Watson can quite reach that level. So basically, you bring them in to cover a buy, and then you've got to find a way to get them out again. I don't think that's a great way to go. There is one less trade this year to last year. Well, there's three, but there's one less round. So uh, per round, we lo- we've lost one total. It's not a big deal, but it still feels like 
the trades are running out fast. And if you wanted to hoard some for the super round, because that second origin um, game is going to be played on a Sunday, there'll be no no footy or no NRL footy. And um, they're going to, um, Supercoach are going to allow, I think it's five trades during that period. So you can really revamp your roster to get ready for the round 17 buy. So I'd probably be more looking at saying, you know what, I'll, I'll use my trades there and revamp my roster and get some really good guys um, playing rather than just guys that are covering. The worst thing you can do is, is get a guy to cover a buy round and they only score you 20 or 30 anyway. So you really want those high impact guys and and the ones that don't have that big a risk, I think. Travis also asks, what are your thoughts on Cape Will versus Sorensen job security, again, for buy coverage? Um, it seems to be that Scott Sorensen's playing exclusively on the left and Kurt Cape will exclusively on the right. So Sorensen would have the upper hand if Wade Graham's picked, but there's no guarantee that Wade Graham will be picked. There's a lot of um, edge players um, that are in contention, not least of all the captain Boyd Cordner, who plays the exact same position. Now, I know that the Peter Sterling Laurie Daly combination were comfortable with carrying both Cordner and Graham. Personally, I wouldn't do it. And I wonder if Brad Fittler will. Um, obviously, at NRL level, there's no need to carry two left edge forwards. So I don't, in your 17, so I don't know why you would suddenly do it for Origin. I just don't see the point. I think you just lose out on getting a big body in there by putting Graham on your bench. Um, you either say to Boyd Corner, sorry, you, you are not captain anymore because we want to pick Wade Graham, or you leave Wade Graham out of your 17 unless Courtner's injured. So obviously if this happens, that will affect Sorensen as well. And we know Flanagan, Pete's a very conservative coach, so a young footballer like Sorensen might be in the game, in in, in for a few weeks looking great, but then still find himself on the, on the sidelines or back to ISP. Exactly right, yeah. And you're right about Flanagan being conservative and as we said, he's got um, he's got Gallen coming back and, and Lewis coming back from injury in a number of weeks, so uh, yeah, it's hard to, might be a little bit hard to pick as to your length of minutes and so on that, uh, that both Capewell and Sorensen are going to get moving forward. Tucker um, also added to that tweet saying, I think Sorensen got picked over Capewell a couple of weeks ago. I'm hoping that's still the case, but the reality was both Graham and Lewis were under injury clouds. Graham didn't play. Lewis did. Lewis is a right edge. Graham is a left edge. Again, that's why Sorensen got it over Capewell. And obviously at the moment, Graham looks closer to, to returning than Lewis. Rob Elkington asks, is Jackson Hastings worth a go? Look, it just seems too out of favour, Pete, at the moment. I mean, I think we were looking at him as a cover or a guy just to bring in to sort of save money uh, about a month ago, and it completely fell apart. So, you know, surely, oh, I don't know how you could go back to that, Will. You couldn't even say he's in with a fighting chance, could you? <laughs> um, I, I was listening to the interview of the chief executive of Manly the other day, Lyle Gorman, talking about the injury crisis and what's going on with uh, Jackson Hastings. And he said, basically, that Hastings would be in the squad for this weekend. But he also mentioned that from a squad of 28 players, they only had 21 that were actually fit because of these yeah. injuries to all these yeah. players. And so basically Hastings is one of those 21. And that's, that's it at the end of the day. Um, and and he's, on, he's on the reserve bench. At, and as you said earlier, it, it doesn't look like he's going to get a run even this weekend, I don't think. And legally, they can't tell him that he's not going to play. Mm. And that was a big mistake by Trent Barrett to do that legally. And I'm sure that they've been told they have to walk back those comments because Hastings could sue them. So they will say all the right things from here on in about Jackson Hastings being eligible and being available. It doesn't mean he'll get picked. Kind of like, ironically enough, Daly Cherry Evans and the Queensland team. <laughs> Cabe Neve asks, who in your opinion are your optimal Halfbacks have this season before round 13, i.e. now, between round 13 and 17 and after round 17. It's by far the hardest position this year, especially with Croker now out, losing us a number for those round 13. Um, this is very tough. I'm still looking closely at Jonathan Thurston. I own Thurston. I didn't... I basically copped the 
the drops in, in price. I know Pete wasn't a fan and moved on, but uh, obviously with the Cowboys playing in round 13 I've, and Thurston not playing Origin, I'm comfortable um, having JT in my lineup. But he's not playing at the level he used to. And there's a lot of risk there if the Cowboys continue to lose and then really drop out of any possibility of making the top eight, it could fall apart really fast up there. So that's not a great option. Um, we just mentioned jokingly about Cherry Evans not getting picked for Queensland, Pete, but he would be another one you would think with Manly playing in round 13. Um, you'd say, I'd suggest you, do you agree that he'd be pretty safe that he'll be playing that game and not playing Origin? Yeah, for, for whatever reason, he, he can't get around with Queensland. I'm not quite sure what it is. We've had theories about him knocking back the, the Gold Coast there a number of years ago or him not being able to get on with some other team members, maybe because he can, he's actually quite articulate and so on. But, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure why. He's, he's got probably got Ben Hunt and Munster in front of him this year, realistically. Um, I have lost games, I remember, with him on the bench there before, so... Yeah, I would suggest to you that I'd put money on the fact that he's going to be playing um, that buy round. Post round seventeen, I do like. I like it at the moment, but I, I guess you you know can't really risk it. But Ben Hunt and Gareth Widdop combination. I know Widdop's five eight, so you're asking specifically about halfback. But that combination's a good one, I think, to for your run home. Um, so you know you'd be looking at bringing Ben Hunt in after round seventeen, um, probably probably after, even though the Dragons are playing around 17, I would assume he'll be playing Origin. Um, and then basically, yeah, we're, we're scouring. I mean, rounds 13 to 17, if you can hold a guy, you, you're playing him in, you know, those three rounds in between. You're probably not trying to revamp your roster too much around the buys. Um, I know we talked earlier about best players around the buys, but we didn't talk the strategy as much, which we'll go into once we sort of talk about the Origin guys. But I think... Uh, uh, Having 13 players named is probably, or maybe 14, is probably the way to go. I think trying really hard to get to 17 could backfire further down the road. Obviously, if it works out, great. But uh, it's a very different buy structure this year because the eight teams that play in round 13 don't play in round 17. So you're not not like years gone by where you had teams like Parramatta and Souths that played every um round that most of the teams were on by and you could just load up on those players and basically that would see you through. The more players you have available in round 13 means the less players you have available in round 17 because it's a straight swap. So you're probably just trying to balance that best you can and obviously you might use that super trade round um, to try to sort of turn things around as well but you don't want to trade out all your Origin players. Um, I don't think that, that you'll lose a lot this year from Origin with one of the Origins being um, a buy round in general. So I think you'll really get a good opportunity to hold on to a lot of Origin players this year whereas in past years you might be letting them go. Um, there's more from Cabe Nevy. He asks um, how's DWZ performed at fullback in the past and how much scope is there for improvement. Um, basically, he looks good there, but I wouldn't suggest him he's more of a runner than a ball player, and I just feel that to get the super coach points, you need to sort of have both um, that sort of line break assist, try assist ability, as well as getting over the line yourself and making line breaks yourself. And I don't know if DWZ has that side of it in him, although he did throw the last pass for one try there um, on Friday night. And finally, his third question after round 17, what sides look to have the best super coach run home? I play against sides who leak most super coach points. Be good to look at now, revisit closer to the super buy round, closer to round 17. Okay, I hope you already own the app. Log on to it. Uh, you have to click the little button on the bottom right with dots to get to it, but then you'll see our other features, including the Dominator, and it goes all the way to round 25 for every position and every um, team, basically saying if they'll go better or worse to their average and by how much. Use that. That will help you better than I possibly can. Um, or Pete or Ryan or any of us for that matter uh, FBL Kegger asks is Nathan Brown a sell Pete I am dreadfully concerned round 12 now we're hearing that you just can't hold a guy with that costs that much money no absolutely it's unfortunate isn't it because he's, he's the best player he's gone very well on super coach but this ankle injury just seems to have gotten I, I didn't even 
spot him doing it. I think it was the game against Penrith was the last one he played. And uh, it's very aggressive, but they played really well. And all of a sudden, he's got the ankle injury now. It's blown out and blown out. But as you say, it sounds like uh, Pat said that he's redone it. I can only assume that, um, unless Parramatta medical team got it absolutely wrong. But, yeah, I think, I think you've got to let him go. He's not the only player out there. You've got to look at other options uh, for his sorts of money, you know, like someone like... Uh, how much was Mr Brown? I think he'd be maybe... Looking yeah, he's to, close to, to 600 um, yeah, I'm, kick, I'm absolutely kicking myself because of the week that he went down, I had a few issues with other guys injured and suspended, and I really needed to, to revamp my centre and wingers. And I thought, well, Brown's out for a couple of weeks. I'll move on and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll use that money. And I sort of got talked out of it. A couple of people were really trusting. And, and they're right, Nathan Brown, great average score. You know, he just he's very consistent. But some, sometimes, you know, that gut feeling that, that something inside you suggests just oh, this is something I've got to do. So sometimes you've got to trust that, that intuition. That's often insight. That's often parts of your brain, you know, subconscious working that maybe the conscious can't quite figure out. And I think in this case, Nathan Brown, um, whether it was a setback, whether, like you say, the, the, the medical staff didn't have the correct information to begin with, but I just think leaving that much money on your bench, things can change. And if he has another setback, he's out for even longer. And meanwhile, your season's, you know, up the creek without a paddle. So use the money. Most people could do with that sort of money to try to revamp a different part, you know, with a dual, a dual trade, um, fixing another position that, you know. And the, and the two are refs. I mean, you've got a guy like Jason Tamalolo sitting there great for the buy round. Um, yeah. So even if you wanted to just stick it to a ref, but, but you know, a Scott Sorensen comes in, um, he's going to go up. And meanwhile, another position, you've really done well. Ebenezer Rascals asked, with SJ back, will Hiku's scores rise again? That's an easy one, yes. Um, we said last week, Sean Johnson made Blake Ashford look good. So he's going to make Peter Hiku look good. He already has. Um, I've moved on from Hiku, um, just the way that it kind of planned out, kind of, Again, like the Nathan Brown, then kicking myself a little bit. I think Hiku will have a good week this week, but he's very dependent on Johnson being there. Uh, Paul Kamino asks, is it worth bringing in Kurt Capel for a quick cash grab, seeing as he would, should play 80 for the next two to three weeks at least and could play round 13 as well? I already have Sorensen. Pete, what do you reckon about that one? Kurt Capel, um, first of all, even being able to get the full 80 minutes um, and sort of his super coach potential. He's a good player. And as I said, like with all these Sharks in, in, their, their injuries, I think it's a you know, possibility that he's going to get more and more minutes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to get the full 80. Though. Like a lot of a lot of second rowers uh, do, do, play the, um, do play the full 80, but uh, I, I, I just have my doubts. I think that he's going to get those that many minutes minutes at this stage. Yeah, Bakulia is a guy who can play on the edge for Cronulla, and obviously Sorensen's named in, in the interchange, and he's going to play on an edge, so unless Graham's ruled out, there's no way Capewell's playing 80, and even if yeah. Graham is ruled out, there's still probably no way he plays 80. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, we mentioned it earlier too, Flanagan's very conservative in bringing these guys along. We talked about Wayne Bennett's approach to young players, Flanagan very similar, and look, to be fair, it's not great for us playing fantasy football, but it works. It works much better bringing these young guys in slowly, give them a taste, dip the you know toe in the water, pull it out, go back in a bit deeper next time, etc., etc. So we just have to be aware that Kurt Capel's been around for a little while now. He looks really, really good, and there'll come a time where I think he'll be super coach relevant. I'm just not sure if it's this year. Finally, Tucker asks, is Adokar a cash grab or worthwhile investment? I can't afford ESAM Masters this week with my trades. Unfortunately, that is a bit of blow, Pete, because Masters looks like the one. Um, what do you make of Adokar, and what's his chance? Uh, I guess Storm not playing around 13 anyway, but he's got to be a shot at Origin too. I think he's an almost near certainty for Origin, actually. I think that... Um yeah, particularly with uh, Mansour, it, it's not only just about how well he's going, but who else is available or not. And the, the loss of Josh Mansour is is a big blow for the outside backs of New South Wales. I, I thought he was an absolute certainty for a wing spot. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Josh Adokar will have his spot uh, without a doubt. So there, there's something to, very big to, can, to think about. He did have a slow start to the season at Okar, but he has certainly warmed to the task in recent weeks and uh, probably will again on Sunday. Uh, um, so, yeah, I think he's, yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good in at the moment. It's a bad matchup for him. Dragons are very tough to score super coach points against. Um, we've seen in some other um, tighter games him not do much. He's not the guy that necessarily will get out and hit the ball up a lot. Like, uh, maybe not so much this year, but certainly Jordan Rappiner in the past um, has done. Josh Mansour has done, um, where they can get you some good base points even when they don't cross the try line. Josh Carr obviously has a lot of upside. With those big runs, line breaks and uh, tries in one. They're going to really boost his numbers. He's going to get some good scores. There's not a lot of good centre and wingers around at the moment, so there's a lot of upside there to pick a guy like Adokar, but you've got to take the troughs as well. And he's going to get some, as we saw, as I personally saw at the start of the year, I really was on him quite heavy. It's turned out now, but uh, far too late for my, my side. I'd moved on from him quite a bit earlier. So that's what you just have to be aware from in that regard. All right, that does it for the show. And, uh, Pete, thank you so much yet again uh, for everything. No worries at all. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and, of course, I am Pauly G, Paul Krasetka, with you. As always, we're back next week. I think Ryan's on, on deck again next week. We shall see. We've got a couple of other people waiting in the pipeline, potentially, but might wait to closer to origin to to bring uh, reel them out we shall see we shall see um if you don't already follow us on twitter and facebook do that um and for those that already are and, and sending through those tweets and, and facebook messages thank you so much uh the show just wouldn't be nearly the same without you guys so we really appreciate your um support and you know being able to sort of uh, contribute i guess and hoping it's it you know it's helping out your supercoach lineups make sure if you don't already um purchase the app uh, it really is the way to go um www.supercoachpros.com you'll still get a lot of information out of it even at this stage of the season especially with the buys coming up as we said um, before the Dominators great anyway but particularly around the buy period it's going to help as well and um, you can go to our website www.supercoachpros.com follow the links or simply just put it in um, to your iTunes store or the Google Play store depending if you own an iPhone or an Android phone and uh, we will be back of course again next week and uh, bye for now